Um, I was wondering if you could comment on, I'm not sure where Bhakti Vinod says it, but he says that some devotees will be Mahatma in Gauri Lila, and some will be Mahatma in Krishna Lila in their um, perfected state. Well, I think that uh, Bhakti Vinod writes about that in um, in Jayavadharma, perhaps in other places as well. And um, it is a interesting and unique uh, feature of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, uh, or uh, within Vaishnavism, the idea that um, you can have the participation in uh, these two leelas in two different sarups at the same time. Um, it is mentioned, I should uh, point out, in the uh, Govinda Basha, the Vedanta commentary of Bali Vidyabhushan on the sutras, the Vedanta, the Brahma Sutras, as they're also called, that uh, there and there, as is the standard, with reference to the Upanishad, I believe Chandogya Upanishad, the idea of having many forms. Um, this, uh, for the liberated person, different types of liberation, and how you pursue the liberation determines whether it will be formless or with form. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the bhakti and Vaishnava orientation is liberation with form, and that's uh, considered to be uh, superior mm-hmm. for many re- obvious reasons. Um, but uh, the mention there, um, I believe, is really more in reference to the fact that in Vaikuntha, where there is Shantaras and Dasiras, within the Dasirasa there, there um, is the possibility of accepting different forms, changing, uh, shape-shifting, to use a <laughs> a nutty conspiracy type uh, theory uh, term <laughs> uh, of aliens, <laughs> people from other planets. So they uh, and there's there are some uh, beautiful descriptions of this in Brit Bhagavatamrita, where Gopakumar enters into Vaikuntha, and um, um, Prabhu is speaking about devotees changing shapes according to the necessity of the service as it presents itself. Hmm? So, they could take a shape of a bird to, in the context of being a parrot and assisting or, or something else. Um, so some fluidity there with that. But of course their rasa remains as, 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 as dasya. Um, so, while it does speak about different forms, it doesn't speak about different rasas. That's an important point to uh, emphasize, emphasize the possibility that is of of a um, of a liberated person having different forms is um, not saying they can have different rasas. Um, then again, of course, there there this book in in this context is talking about coming from this side. So it's not talking about eternally liberated souls, uh, the the entourage, the parshadas of uh, of of, uh, of Radha and Krishna, um, uh, neither Nityamukta 
or eternally liberated tatasta shakti, of which there is a variety, or uh, nityamukta, who are otherwise constituted, which means constituted of sarup shakti. Um, so it's not talking about about them. Their possibilities are different than ours. Hmm? And that sh- should be underscored as well, because we'll hear about them moving through different leelas, following the Lord and his Ram leela and appearing different ways and so forth. Um, that said, it's not even clear that in doing that they, they, they change um, rasas necessarily. I mean, obviously, it will, it, if they're in a friendly relationship with Krishna, like Sridham, and then they take another role in, in the Dwarka leela, it's where the same friendship is not available or uh, the form of the Lord doesn't uh, correspond with that. It will be different in that sense, but the basic um, sentiment will be the same. So, different forms, possibility, and the way, this is the point, that, that plays out in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, you have to add that to it. So, well, there's this reference from the Upanishads. The Mukta can have one, two, many forms. Um, how then does that play out in the Gaudiya tradition? And this is how it typically plays out. So it's a reference that supports the idea, if you will, in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Um, and it's not to be taken like, oh, well, I guess I could have many forms. I could be this, I could be that, I could do... And some... A less uh, thoughtful and uh, educated um, uh, devotees may think like that. So we have to look at these statements in light of what the sampradaya is, is offering, and that will be understood in terms of the ideals that are attained by its um, Acharyas, its, uh, its teachers, the prominent devotees, and so forth and so on. So again, as you know, from a samasti point of view of the Guru Tattva, we have Gaur and Nityananda. Hmm. So we have this, their sentiments of Madhuryaras and and, uh, and and Sakirasan. But we have Gaur Leela, we have Krishna Leela, and as we explained the other night, they're one they complement one another, you can't have one, if you will, without the other in one sense. Um, but you could be aware of one. Hmm? It's, it's, it's possible, and not the other, but it would be very difficult to do that in Gaudiya Sampradaya. <laughs> I, I think it would be impossible. So Bhaktivinoda Thakur doesn't say that, that you could have a Krishna Sarup and not a Gaurasalila Sarup. Uh, or, 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 or vice versa, but he says there's maybe an affinity for one over the other. And some have equal affinity for, for both. So that's... Uh, um, whether he is speaking about that in terms of perfection or in terms of in the, in the sadhaka life... Uh, he doesn't make clear, but I, I kind of think he talks about it with regard to perfection. But then that would also, uh, um, um, the uh, one sadhaka life would have bearing on that. Um, so um, we have sometimes talked about a theoretical idea of attaining 
the, the, well, the uh, focus on Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Dasyarats, and this is the teaching, of course, and the result being beyond that, or along with that, attaining a, a swarup in, uh, in Krishna Leela. Um, but kind of the idea of pursuing one, making an emphasis on one, on the gore, Dasya, Rasan, and the other one happening um, even to the extent of entering into the Sri Basangam and having it revealed there or something like that. I mean, nobody talks about it like that, but I have. I and mean, it's, it's a way of kind of maybe emphasizing that point. There may be those who have a greater affinity for Gore, Gore Leela. And, and their Krishna Leela Swarup is, is an afterthought. Um, I mean, it's a big one. <laughs> um, but they may, you know, lean in, in, in one direction or another. Um, and there are others there that, that, that tend to see, they tend to see Gore Leela as a means to, to enter Krishna Leela. Hmm? And that's more their focus. Hmm? Um, and so I know I've seen that in sadhakas. So that may be a way of of thinking about. It. They still get end up in both, um, but um, um, I think it's wise to emphasize gore lila. There's the domain of of mercy and compassion, <laughs> and you couldn't get as Pujapatrimars used to like to say a better recommendation for Vrindavan if you, than if you're coming from. From Navadweep, so uh, I w- we tend to put a strong emphasis um, on that, um, and it's easy to do in one sense because our life as sadhakas has such a parallel with with Gaur Leela compared to Krishna Leela. We can't play that out, if you will, in everyday life, um, uh, like we do coming to Kirtan and. This is what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was doing. So, I, and it does work also in a way that I find objectionable, where some will will look at Gore Leela only as a footstep to enter Krishna Leela, and then and even make the claim that there is no eternal Gore Leela. That would be a very small minority group amongst Godias. Um, it's not at all the mainstream idea of the of the tradition. Mm-hmm. And we talked about the other night how we see that uh, Navadweep is the lotus within the lotus of, of Vrindavan, and it's really possible to separate the two. And it, and it, it fulfills Gorlila, what is arguably lacking in Krishna Lila that, in, that inhibits or is an obstacle to Krishna's being. Really, the full um, living up to the epithet of Rasaraj, king of Rasa. So, um, by association, hmm, I mean you may also, from from uh, nowadays or what uh, in the past, there weren't devotees in the Western world. So, some were raised in Bengal. Some. Might have been raised in in Vrindavan. The Bengalis had a you know a bit of an affinity for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Naturally, he's our 
he appeared here, he's our hometown person, and, and, and so forth. So there is, there is, I should say also then, amongst the eternal associates, you, you do see a little bit of this too. You see an emphasis on some, on the, uh, on the, on the, on the Lila, and some on the emphasis on the Krishna Lila. That, that's uh, interesting. So, some thoughts on it, but um, the possibility is there, and this is, 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 is I would say, unique uh, in that um, if you're in other version of Sampradaya, obviously there's, there's no possibility of entering into the Gore, Gore Leela. Hmm? So if you go to Vrindavan, arguably you have an incomplete experience of Vrindavan. Um, I mean, in in one sense, it's complete, but there there could be more, <laughs> more complete, uh, and um, and of course we would say that anyway, even with Gorlila aside, the area, the center focus of uh, Goloka within Gaudiya Vaishnavism is accessible only to the, the Gaudiya people. Hmm? In Barka is also want to go to Goloka, but. From our vantage point, they're interested in Svakiya from their own testimony. So, if Parakiya is the central, where that's going on is this is the center, the the the, the uh, Braja, Vrindavan, hmm, um, then they're on outer outer leaf, and all you have to do is make the case for Parakiya, which is well made by Vishwanath Chakravarti for example, to. Um, Say that even within Krishna Lok, Golok, Gorlila side, the Godis have a uh, a, a privileged position, if you will, um, whatever. <laughs> um, uh, and then you have the Balabas. Now they're a little different. I'm not, not entirely sure about their. I think they have some Madhuri Rasa and, and of course, Vatsali Rasa. They express interest in. But um, and then you have your Vaidimark. So, in neither of these we have direct access to the Navadweep side of Krishna. This is, uh, from our point of view, that this is that Krishna in his most, as I've often said, as, uh, introspective moments, really examining himself and what is he about, what his possibilities are, and and so forth. And, and there it is, it's Gaurila. Hmm. So, um, Gorlila is arguably the, getting as, as as close to Krishna as he possibly can. Um, so, um, so this is a unique uh, opportunity be, uh, amongst the Vaishnav sampradayas. Arguably, each devotee in each sampradaya attains a swarup for serving Krishna, Narayan, hmm. as may be the case, Ram. Hmm. And we attain a swarup for uh, serving Krishna in that leela, and not just in a different leela within Krishna leela. There are many leelas, but a different leela. Uh, it's the same, but it's different. It's, it's different in setting, and 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 Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has taken the a role of the 
of the ashray instead of the vishai, the shelter of love rather than the object of love, and so on. We, we are all aware of acquainted with this concept, but it's a unique then um, idea within uh, Vaishnavism. These two swarups serving Bhagawan in two different uh, settings that are one and, and different at the same time. It's very um, um, uh, exciting prospect, and I would say, as I am, unique within uh, Vaishnavism. But obviously, there's overwhelming support for the idea, as much as there is overwhelming support for the idea that Gaur Krishna is Krishna. Hmm. The Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was Krishna. The Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was Radha. Somebody said to me the other day, you really don't know how to think about Radha. It's really hard. What's the answer? Think about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. <laughs> then it would be easy. If we look at, Ch- at, at, at uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, we'll, we'll see a sadhu, we'll see a devotee. We look closer, we'll see he's Krishna. We look even closer, we'll see he's Radha. Hmm. Radha and Krishna. And Krishna trying to become Radha. So, if he's arguably his fullest expression of himself is his success in attaining the experience of Radha, standing in her shoes, hmm. and taking her heart for his own. So, even more than he is Krishna, in one sense, in Radha and Krishna, yes. we'll find Radha in him. And this is, of course, underscored by Prabhupada and the Saraswati in a nice verse in a different book than the one we're reading in the morning. The more one puts emphasis on Gaur, the more one comes in the vicinity of uh, the service of Radha. So that's the Radha running express through Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. What else? Does that help? Some thoughts on it, yes. Um, you wanted to ask last night when we were talking about this in Sumatra, kind of along these same lines. Um, is there a way of understanding the mantra as being directed towards Lord Chaitanya? The Sanyas mantra? Well, Trying to think how you're 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 thinking about it. I mean, we obviously we we, we see Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as a guru, uh, the the macrocosm of the guru tattva for Gaudi Sampradaya. We follow his example. Um, we worship him. Um, I mean, he's Radha and Krishna uh, combined. Uh, so I would uh, yeah yeah I would think of it like that. Um, when, what I'm saying is. You can say Namo Brahmani Nevaya Go Brahmani Krishna to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. It's a prayer glorifying Krishna. You can say it to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He's the same, same person. Um, at the same time, we 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 tend to worship Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in the light of his sentiment, his his bhava. Hmm? Um, And and then 
Ferguson and Nityananda Prabhu and follow in the example of that. But, I mean, um, again, as much, if you if you take the sannyas mantra in terms of radhadasyam, as it should be then, you know, same holds true. As Prabodhananda Saraswati said, you, you think of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as such and invoke the mantra and, no problem. And you realize that about him. What else? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, the question. Um, <laughs> and you said in the um, in the Bhagavad Gita, there are moments where windows open into the Bhagavatam, into Vrindavan. I'm wondering if there are, um, that's what I'm reading right now. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if there are moments um, like that that open into Gorilla. Mm-hmm. Well, I think what we mean by that is that um, at certain places, obviously Krishna's, as I've explained in my commentary, Krishna's standing in Kurukshetra um, now. Uh, prior to the war, but he's been there previously. Hmm. And it was very touching there when he met with the inhabitants of Vrindavan and the gopis, and um, he confessed that uh, that um, although he was elsewhere, Dwarka, uh, physically, his heart was always with them and so forth. Um, um, so this is the Yugal Milan, the meeting of Radha and Krishna, and they can't come together because of the royal paraphernalia in the setting, but she gets some assurance that he's not really there anyway. He's really with, with them and um, and so forth. So um, he makes that kind of um, confession. People worship me in different ways. Um, for different things, but the way you have approached me, I'm completely purchased. People want eternal life from me. They want um, things from me. They want uh, liberation and, and uh, in the context of bhakti, but mayi bhakti but the way you've worshipped me is, is, is entirely different and I'm completely purchased by you. So, he makes this uh, statement. So now he's Kurukshetri speaking to Arjuna and and so is there any possibility uh, that the place of Kurukshetra will act as an Udipana stimulus for him to for the love for Vrindavan that he has it, it, to rise to, to the surface and that in the context of speaking about Dharma well there must be points in the Gita I think is what you're referring to that where the prema dharma is coming out, you know you have the dharma side, varnashram on one side, and and, uh, and some advocacy of that, and working within that without attachment and so forth in the early chapters, and then of course in the end you have to give up the dharma. So you, um, but um, properly understood, the giving up the dharma, of course, it's. It's prefaced by manmanabha, bhakto, so properly understood. 
it's it's not really giving up as much as it is taking shelter of Krishna exclusively, and you know that is done really in the full sense of the term in Vrindavan. That's why Pujapachita Marsh said, for example, at the conclusion of the Gita, Krishna says, Sarva Dharman Mami Kam Saranam Braja. Here the word Braja means like go or come to me, but just the word itself, while it may have a meaning in the context of the sentence, it has a general meaning that's popular. And so hearing it, one may remember it in terms of its popular meaning. And so Krishna makes the statement, give up all of the dharma, take it, come exclusively to take shelter of me. And ma may come saranam braja, and his mind goes to braj. And that's the end of the Gita. You can't, practically, can't say anything more. There's no more. His mind has been taken, and 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 uh, it's a beautiful feeling, uh, feeling full uh, re- rendering or interpretation uh, of of the verse. Uh, so there are places like that. And that's what you're talking about. In the tenth chapter, we find that the Tatur Sloki of the Gita. There we find Krishna talking about rag bhakti, about Vrindavan bhakti, shanti cha, ramanti cha, uh, as it comes out. Sambandhanuga bhakti, sambandhrupa bhakti, kamarupa bhakti, tushanti, ramanti. Um, uh, and other places. So, with that preface, to answering your question, Questions: Are there any places where the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu uh, comes in, in in the Gita, so to speak? And there are there are some verses that can take us, transport us there, if you will, um, more directly. Whereas, obviously, the verses about Braj Bhakti or that that foster that they can be understood in that way, and kind of be windows to take us there, are not they're taking us to. To Radha and Krishna and Braj, they're they're taking us to who Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is also. So, but in a more direct way, you're asking: Is there any verse in the, about Lord Chaitanya <laughs> directly? Uh, well, uh, there 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 are some ways to think about some verses. Um, it, it, it as much as the genesis of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is what? What is the genesis of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? What is he? Or what is this? This Gorlila arise out of, as we know, it arises out of Krishna's witnessing the love of the gopis after he disappeared from the Rasalila and seeing the measure of their ecstasy, and he can only imagine the depth of the of the sweetness of the rasa. Uh, that they're they're tasting, and he aspires to to taste it. This is the genesis of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, right? And and he tries to. What does he do there? He tries to. Um, what can he say? He basically what he says is in the Gita, I said, Manmana. What is it? Um, um, fourth chapter, eleventh verse. Jajatamam prapadyante. 
Tam Tsataiva Bajami Hum Mamabhat Manu Vartante Anushaparta Sarvasa. All people follow my path in all respects, and as they approach me, I reciprocate in kind. So if we play that verse out, we end up at the genesis of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's birth because appearance because um, what that genesis is about is Krishna saying to the gopis, I know I said that in the Gita, but um, and you've taken me up, taken up my challenge, hmm? but you've defeated me. In other words, you have approached me in a way that I cannot reciprocate in kind. Hmm? So if we say, okay, let's take this verse to the extreme, let's take him up on the challenge and see, um, let's search the scriptures who, who who was approached in different ways and to what extent and this we come, we come to this we come to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu so this verse properly understood tells us about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu tells us that you're bluffing it's not possible <laughs> well you you did it you know kind of I mean you know you 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 had to create another uh, manifest another Leela to to reciprocate in kind and it's kind of so the gopis kind of go, okay, we'll let you off the hook, something like that. <laughs> so uh, then, in also in the fourth chapter, we find yada yada hi dharmasya. Let's see. I'm such. It's been a long time since I quoted these. These were yada yada hi dharmasya. Glani bhavati bhada bhutanava dharmasya tadatmanam sejami ham prithanaya sadhanam vina shaya diskritam. Dharma samstapanarte sambhavami yuge yuge. So Krishna, you know, I come for different reasons, and uh, it's properly understood um, to primarily to to answer to the separation of my devotees that they're pained by and protect them, um, and to, as a byproduct to um, deal with the non-devotees appropriately, to establish dharma, and so on and so forth. And sambhavami yuga, sambhavami, I manifest, yuga, yuga, yuga after yuga. Hmm. So yuga after yuga. And as we know, even in Bhagavatam, Prahlad refers to him as Triyuga. Hmm. But in the context of, of referring to him and glorifying him as by the name Triyuga, who appears in three yugas, which is the name of Vishnu, found in Vishnu Sahasranam, which seems to imply that he only appears in three yugas, the fourth being Kali Yuga, it's so bad he doesn't appear. It was kind of the general understanding, but Prahlad says, Janakalo, hmm. you, you are such and such, you are three, you appear in three yugas. In Kali Yuga, he says, Janakalo, you, properly understood it means you appear in a hidden way. So you do appear. Hmm. But, in a hidden way means that you appear disguised as a devotee of yourself hmm? for your own reasons and so forth. And so the Gita says you get, you get yuga after yuga. So one can make the case, and a Gaur Bhakti will read it in this way. Oh, he comes every yuga. That means he comes in Kali Yuga. And and that means Chaitanya This He's the yoga avatar for, 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 um, for this yuga. And... Um, and um, and he's coming in a hidden way, and so that's a way of. There's a couple of ways of 
that are windows to uh, to uh, and there's another um, it, uh, um, he says um, that um, what's the word for good behavior Hmm? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, Sadhacharya. What's the verse? Yadyadachrati shrestas tattarevetarojana sayat pramanam krute lokastaranavar. Yadyadachrati shrestas tattarevetarojana. So, uh, this verse is quoted by Krishna's Kabiraj, of course, in Chaitanya Charitamrita also. So, Krishna saying, whatever a great man does, other people follow. Hmm. Um, um, the standards they set, the world um, pursues, and so forth. So, Krishna used this verse to speak about the the idea that that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is is Krishna, the greatest person, but acting in such a way uh, that others can follow. Uh, as we know, there is no manifestation of, of divinity, of the Godhead, of Krishna, who more exemplifies the way. Hmm? Mahabharata's emphasis was to teach by example. And one of the ways in which that's emphasized by him is that he didn't write anything. Eight verses or eight, eight, nine some verses are attributed to him. Hmm? Um, and he's in his Acharya Leela. Achar means behavior, character. Typically Acharyas will write out hmm, as well uh, you know, a whole system of uh, thought and supported worldview supported by the Shastra and so forth. But he didn't do that. Of course he inspired groups Sanat and others to do that kind of work, but he himself primarily, excuse me, primarily taught by example. Hmm? So if we take that verse to the fullest, then who's the greatest person who's teaches? Krishna's saying, I have to teach by example, otherwise the whole world will fall into ruination. And we'll go, um, yeah, but um, you're saying that, but what kind of example are you showing? Hmm? Stealing into the night with the gopis, and I mean, how? What kind of a? Because he's saying it earlier on in the Gita with regard to 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 to, uh, to Dharma, and the, he's emphasizing the importance of doing your duty, hmm? um, albeit with a detached mood and so forth. And he's giving this progression hmm? uh, of of, uh, of yoga, if you will, culminating in bhakti, as it does. Um, notably, of course, when he speaks directly about bhakti at the end of the um, sixth chapter, that is the conclusion of his discourse on yoga. And that discourse begins where? Who can say? It ends at the sixth chapter. Pardon? Second chapter. Second chapter has two basic divisions. A theoretical explanation of the nature of the, of the Atma, hmm? Sankhya, the distinguishing the Atma from Purusha from Prakriti, right? Hmm? 
you're not the body, the body changes, the body's like this, you're like this, and so forth. After he does that, then he says, and now, now we talk about yoga, which is how you can realize that. This is another example of like Sankhya and yoga. I was saying the other day how they go together. That's different philosophy. The whole Sankhya philosophy is there's Prakriti, it's made up of these ingredients, these elements, and then there's the Purusha. Then the idea is to realize that you're the Purusha and you're not the Prakriti. And then yoga comes as a, as a teaching which shows you how to do that. I don't think there's anything that shows you in the Sankhya philosophy how to do it. So therefore the yoga and the Sankhya, they tend to go together almost as if the yoga is the way to realize the ideal of the, of the Sankhya. So in the Bhagavad Gita you've got a small sample of that. You've got a Sankhya. Of course, it's a, Sankhya unto itself was not theistic. There was a Purusha and a Prakriti. But then of course there are... Sankhya was is basically this, this you know, this basic... Um, Analysis, enumeration on uh, uh, counting of all that makes up reality, hmm? all that makes up the material reality, and then there's the purusha, hmm? um, and the original kind of founder of the philosophy didn't promote, in one sense, the founder didn't promote a theistic uh, version of it, where there is a Prakriti Purusha, and there's a Supreme Purusha, a Godhead. Um, that said, there is reference to the Gunas in the Upanishads, which would predate the Sankhya philosophy, where there, where, the, where there's the, the reference of the of the three different, I think it's three different colored goats. Hmm. You know that one? No. Anyway, it's, it has to do with goats. I forget it, but. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's Upanishad speaking abstract ways. It's a reference to the gunas, and the gunas is that's the whole thing, you know. Obviously, in other words, obviously the Upanishads are about the Atma. <laughs> that's what they're all about, right? They're also about Brahman, the Godhead, um, but they tend to speak a bit of, in a bit of a muted way. So there, ten, ten, there's a tendency or greater capacity to kind of equate Atman with Brahman and you have Advaita Vad and uh, some similar type of uh, takes, if you will, on the Upanishad that are less than wholly um, theistic. We look at the Upanishads, of course, as a beginning way of talking about something that's very foreign to our material experience and kind of just bringing us in like what is the nature of the sun? See that that little ray of light over there? And you're in a cave and you've never seen it. That's the sun. Ah. Hmm. What is that? What is, what, is, what is Brahman? You are Brahman. You are consciousness. Whoa, that's different. Uh, and so forth. And we look at the, then the, the Bhagavad, for example, and the Puranas is kind of bringing it out more fully. Hmm. They're much more theistic. They're named after different incarnations. This piranha, that piranha, and so on and so forth. So, um, at any rate, um, there is reference to the gunas. This is the whole. Other than the atma, this is the, this is it. This is, you get it all down. All those material ingredients comes down to the, in the most subtle form to the gunas. 
That's at the core of the whole of the material existence. And they are in, said to be in the predominant stage of equilibrium, hmm? and then touched by consciousness, and the whole thing uh, unfolds from there, the whole material uh, existence. So, point being that a small reference in the Upanishads to the, to the gunas is, is sufficient. Its emphasis is on the atma and the concept, then, of the world, as explained in Sankhya, has its roots in the Vedanta, in the Upanishads. Therefore, yes, the Kapila, who articulated the, the non-theistic form of Sankhya, we would say properly understood, is giving a... a um, an adulterated form of the Sankhya. And the Sankhya in the Bhagavad, which is fully theistic, which means it includes God hmm, in the picture, uh, who can fit into the Sankhya. It's not a problem. Uh, the problem in the modern world is they have a certain view of, of nature and God doesn't seem to fit in the way they're looking at it. The soul doesn't seem to fit in. That's why they don't believe, but they look really carefully at it. They well, this seems to be the way it works, and there's no room for it here. So, of course, the way they look at matter is, it doesn't work really either, in terms of a theory of everything. Hmm? Um, so, maybe there's a different way to look at matter, and so I brought up that is a crisis in modern science. What is the nature of matter um, still today? So, um, so in the Sankhi view, then there's room. So in, in Bhagavad, we have the theistic form of Sankhya, you can look at it in different ways and say, you know, it was, they adopted it and, and it was the current worldview. But uh, I think this is a nice way to think about it. It has its origins in, in the Upanishads themselves. Hmm? And, but the Upanishads are not going into detail because their emphasis there is, is on the Atma and Brahman rather than on Prakriti um, at, any, at any length. And... Um, so, um, um, so it's nice in the Gita. Then you have this sankhya. It's followed by the yoga, right? It's basically you. The atma's like this. The purusha is like this, and the prakriti is like that. It's a short, really short version. But it's wholly theistic. I mean, God is speaking about it, and um, and and when he finishes um, a theoretical uh, teaching explanation of the Atma, and how it's different from 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 matter, that's eternal cannot be withered by the wind, hurt by the fire, burnt by the fire, so on and so forth, all those such things. It's wonderful, it's amazing. Um, um, and then he concludes that section, then he starts talking about yoga, he says, the way to realize it. So it's against the Sankhya and the yoga, so to speak, replayed out in the Bhagavad Gita. But my point was that when he begins to speak about yoga, yes, where does he do it? In the second chapter, in the middle of maybe the 39th verse, after he finishes the Sankhya. Then, what does he speak about there? Neha bhikramalashosti pratyavayana vidyate. 
Svalpamapiyasadharmasatrayatevahatobayat. Now I'm going to teach you about yoga. The nature of this yoga is it's about it, this kind of dharma. We were talking about dharma earlier, remember that? That's different. This kind of dharma, the dharma of yoga, hmm, if you will, spiritual practice to realize the purusha, the atma, that I've just told you about, the way to extract him from, from the womb of material nature, give birth to real life. Hmm. It's called yoga, and its nature is that a little success, swalpam, swalpam, alpam means little, a little success in this, even a little success in this, will will not be lost. Whatever you gain by this, it it will be permanent like the atma itself. That means... That in the beginning of his discourse on yoga, he's speaking about bhakti yoga. Because there are other types of yoga, gyan yoga, karma yoga, for example. And karma yoga is, is karma is under the influence of rajaguna. Uh, gyan is under the influence of sattvaguna. Neither of these influences can be permanent. Not only that, but he's saying about bhakti, a little bit of bhakti, there's permanent results. You've got to do a lot of karma yoga to get any results, and you've got to do it right, perfectly right. Bhakti, you could even do it wrong, but your heart could be in the right place, and you get the result. So he talks about bhakti there. As he's coming to the end of this discourse on yoga, uh, in the sixth chapter, he says things like, if, well, he concludes, let's say, he concludes the whole section with, mm, with bhakti yoga. Mm. Uh, what is the verse? Last verse of the sixth chapter. Um, Yoginam apisarvesham madgatenam taratmanam shradhavan pajate jomam same yuktatmomata Devotion to me, this is the best kind of yoga. Mm. Then he goes on to speak about himself. Mm. Now the object of of of, of 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 love, very theistic center of the Gita, chapter seven through through twelve. Mm. So his beginning discourse on yoga on his beginning, the beginning of his discourse on yoga is with bhakti and it ends with bhakti. Mm. Now I don't know how we got off onto that. Uh, we are talking about the Gita and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and the Gita. Um, oh yeah, so, um, so, so Bhakti. Um, uh, so when Krishna makes the statement, he is speaking about Dharma, that I should uphold the Dharma, I should act appropriately, Otherwise, if I don't, set an example, people won't follow. Hmm? Well, that's good to say, Krishna, but then someone can argue, but did you really do that? You're saying that now. There you are in Kurukshetra, Mr. Statesman, um, and, uh, and philosopher, and so forth. But even on, the, even, on the, even on the battle, you favored Arjun, you broke your promise that you wouldn't lift to 
uh, a hand. You'd only drive the chariot. Um, you told Yudhisthira to lie and, and, and say that Ashvatthama was dead when he wasn't. Um, what to speak of your life in Vrindavan with the gopis. And you said you should set a you know, good example. So, hmm. yeah, you're saying that and you're saying that you're doing that and that's, and, and we, if I didn't do that, all the worlds would fall into ruination and so hmm. But he doesn't do it. But as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he does. Then he sets a perfect both as a householder and sannyasi. Perfect example. Perfect, perfect example. Too perfect. Hmm? Too perfect of a household. Too perfect of a sannyasi. Must be God. Hmm? So perfect. This is his, his example. Hmm? And he taught with this emphasis, by example, which will speak louder than the precept, right? Hmm? So that is his teaching. Um, not to just uh, carry around a head of information, but uh, as I said, let it go into your heart and soften it and, and act uh, differently and teach teach by example. So as much as Krishna is saying, I, I set the example, otherwise, because if I don't, the world will fall, everything will be lost, the world will fall into ruination. This is really about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, because if, if, if he doesn't uh, set an example then we'll all fall into ruination. We won't have the possibility to enter into, into Goloka Pandavan, which is, which is the highest ideal. And, and in comparison to that, everything else is a loss. Hmm? Everything else is a loss. Krishna says, Krishna says, if you knew about this, but didn't take it up, then you are the most, you are the greatest loser. Hmm? Uh, so we wouldn't even, we wouldn't even know about it. Hmm? So he, that's another nice and, and decided by. I mean, I'm elaborating on it, but decided in Chaitanya Charitamrita um, through the pen of Krishna Das, Mahaprabhu cites this verse. Hmm? I've got to come. He's saying there. I've got to come and show my leela of Krishna leela to the world. If I don't show it, who will know about it? Hmm? And of course, Krishna does come and shows his leela. In one sense, he's, he's, this is a higher way of looking at it than the way you speak about it in the Gita, but then there were problems with that as well. Hmm? His effort to exemplify it and show it was inhibited and teach about it by the fact that he got taken off, um, off balance by seeing the extent of, of Radha's love and having a crisis of his own, which is resolved in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And in one sense, Krishna says, surrender to me and that's it. Hmm? My mind is gone to Braj, I can't say anything more. How to do that? How will you do that? Krishna is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu showing how to do that. So he's the, he is really the personification of that verse of Krishna saying, if I, people tend to follow those Example of great people. I am a greatest person, <laughs> so I should set an example. If I don't, then then what? Hmm? Everything will be lost. Now, no one teaches by example. 
greater than Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Krishna, in his acharya lila, in his role of good behavior, <laughs> sadacharya lila, uh, and uh, uh, as a devotee, so how to practice. This picks up where the Gita leaves off. If it leaves off there, as Bhujabhashita Maharaj like to feel it, and Krishna's mind has gone to Braj, and we follow it to Braj, and he turns into Chaitanya Mahaprabhu there. So then he, he continues the Gita, right, from there. He continues the Gita. And of course, he continues it in the center of the Chaitanya Charitamrita, like the Gita is the center of the in one sense of the of the Mahabharata by re-explaining the essence of the Gita through who? Through Ramananda Roy, who is the Arjun of of Gorlila, as Mahaprabhu himself personally declared. And in this thing instance, of course everything's turned around. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the questioner and Ramananda Roy is is the teacher, so it appears. And the ideal and the way is described there. And what is the way? Ateva gupi bhav. You have to follow the gupis. That's the way. <laughs> it's elaborated upon. So we, we, we do that. Hmm? Yeah, we are interested in that. Even the, even the gupas in our group, we are following them. So, that help? Yeah. What's the time? Okay, I think it's time. We'll stop there. Sri Sri Gaurnatananda Ki Jai, Radha Gubinda Ki Jai, Uri Vaishnava Guru Parampara Ki Jai, Bhakti Vinod Parivar Ki Jai, Gaur Bhakti Vrindaki Jai, Gaur Premanande, 